Welcome to the Maze Marketing Podcast. This isn't another podcast about marketing tricks and hacks, but about building effective marketing systems, beating marketing overwhelm, and communicating your expertise. With your hosts, Rob Drummond and Jonathan Wilson. Hi, and welcome back to the Maze Marketing Podcast. Uh, This week, Jonathan and I are talking about funnels. So the language of funnels really permeates all of marketing. We have click funnels, we have fix your funnel, we have funnel bots. We have all sorts of funnel-related things. My grumpy reflection is that the funnel analogy doesn't actually help us very much in, in, in determining a sophisticated, effective marketing strategy. And that's what we're talking about in today's Cool. So we'll obviously explain what a funnel is, uh, why why we talk about funnels so often in marketing, um, but we'll also talk about well, is the funnel, is the idea of a funnel really appropriate for how you build out your your stuff? So um, I think this is a really important conversation. I'm really delighted to share this with you. Let's jump into the conversation. What do you want to tell people about funnels? Yeah, so you had proposed the idea that, uh, I forgot how you said it, but basically a lot of folks consider a funnel to be, uh, in my words, a a direct thing. People have a pretty narrowly defined uh, picture of what a funnel is. And what, what what we're teaching, talking about here in the maze concept is far beyond that. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, to you, is this similar to the uh, the classic direct response versus branding debate is that what we're touching on here <laughs> um, i think i think there's a there's an element of that um i think you're right in the in the i mean the the idea of a funnel is basically correct because you know more people are going to see your ad than click on it more people are going to click on the ad than convert than complete a form on the landing page more people yeah. are going to complete a form on the landing page than buy something so in, in that sense you've got this kind of funnel effect where each level you've got fewer people at each step yeah but i'm also like well what about all of the people that don't move down to the next step um and you know i i, I think there's, there's this idea that, that like um that you can sort of isolate you know a particular like like you can build a funnel and people are going to flow through your funnel in the way that you predict. And I just think there's a huge amount of like marketing hubris about it. Like yeah. it, it's, it's, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's a bit like, yeah, we, we can sort of create this system and tinker it perfectly and make it optimal. And people are going to use it exactly as we think they're going to use it. And it just isn't like how I see people, people buying like, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you, you know, Almost everybody who's been in the internet marketing space at all has heard of uh, Russell Brunson and his ClickFunnels product. Um, he's like, he's the king of funnels, right? Yep. Uh, to the point where he's taken to, he got this phrase from somebody else, but he's taken to using the phrase, uh, you're just one funnel away, which is a tongue-in-cheek reference to the fact that I, I believe it was Dan Kennedy, it may have been someone else, uh, maybe Gary Halbert or somebody had said, you're only one sales letter away from success or something like that. So, so tongue in cheek for Russell Brunson, it's now you're only one funnel away, right? I literally saw that out in my Facebook news feed like two days ago. <laughs> it made me a bit angry, but. Yeah, yeah. I made a joke about it in mine. So, uh, 
so so that's the idea. So 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 let me take a step back. I, I had sent you a link to a little deal I wrote, uh, actually for our friend Jay. Um, and uh, in my mind, it's kind of like this. So funnel, funnel is a misnomer, um, and it can be applied or misapplied in, in every sense. I'm gonna like spit out my version. You can you can. Yeah, yeah, sure, so uh, to me, it's like in the beginning, so to speak. Uh, nobody knows you, right? Um, you just know, you know, uh, there's a reason that Coca-Cola puts in the U.S. at least puts vending machines in kindergarten classrooms or not the room, but, you know, the facility, the school, because they are branding at a very early age. And that is totally intentional. Right. So uh, you see little little kids toys that are John Deere tractors or Chevy uh, uh, Yukons or whatever. <laughs> there's a reason for that. So. One way or another, somebody has to be aware of you. You're either you by name, you by brand, you by just the product. Um, it, in the case of Kleenex, their name, their brand, and their product is the same. And it's, it's to the point where in the U.S. at least, nobody says, I need a tissue. They'll say, I need a Kleenex, <laughs> even yeah, though there's lots of it. Say that again. We have the example of the Hoover. Uh, yeah. So, yeah they uh, have, like, I'm, I'm not going to vacuum clean my, my, my lounge. I'm going to Hoover it. And it's just yeah, kind of you, you got it. So, so somewhere in your lifespan, there, there's in somebody's lifespan, there's that juncture where they are aware of you for the first time. And of course, the reason we do marketing and advertising at all, uh, especially if you don't have a, a billion dollar budget for putting vending machines in, in preschools, uh, the reason we do this stuff is to try to get in front of somebody for the first time. And uh, presuming that the getting causes an action to happen. That's what we call traffic. Now, in this sales funnel world, traffic is a click or a phone call. And the assumption is that it's an immediate action. They saw my ad in, in the newspaper and they called. Now it's they saw my, uh, my ad in the Facebook newsfeed and they clicked. Well, what if they don't click, right? We'll, we'll come back to the what if they don't click. So the general idea is like, get their attention, hopefully cause them to do something like click or call, and then persuade them to actually make a purchase. So, so one reason that sales funnel can be confusing is any activities that cause someone to engage and then purchase could be called a sales funnel uh, in, in the very broadest possible sense. But, but it's, that's not what a lot of people today mean when they say sales funnel. They specifically mean this Russell Brunson show an ad, get a click, they read your page or watch your video, uh, they're fascinated and they buy. And they buy and, your and, tripwire, which is another ridiculous notion. Uh, <laughs> so then you have an ascension ladder, which is basically a progressive series of bigger and bigger purchases, which sometimes works. In, in quite a lot of cases, it doesn't work or your buyers will even skip around through your own ascension ladder. You know, they buy the cheap thing and jump straight to the top or buy something in the middle. Either way. So the thing is, though, especially in today's world, uh, people don't really, except for unusual circumstances, people don't really buy on the first click. So even in the 1990s, I'm going to get my numbers mixed up, but even in the 90s or 80s, um, I think people, advertisers had figured out that uh, let's say you use a newspaper ad. So before the internet, um, I think it was an average of people had to see your ad, your brand, your whatever, seven times before they would react to it. 
uh, nowadays with so much more advertising going on. I think, I think in addition to that, back then, um, people saw an average of like 70 or 90 bits of advertising in the yeah, course so, so of pre-internet. Pre-internet. And now in 2019, uh, that's up to like, I, I can't remember the figure, but it's like a few thousand bits of advertisement bombarding people per day. Starting and, right in kinder school. And, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And nobody's mind can keep up with that. So if you're an advertiser, you're one of 2,000 flashing by in the course of a day. And the chances that your little, your little uh, flag is going to stand out significantly enough to get them to move, move the needle, uh, right now is just not that good. But the idea that it can move the needle comes from a school of thought called uh, direct response which is the idea that you can put something in front of somebody that is so perfect for them, for where they're at right now, or for what they might need right now, that it totally captures their attention on the very first try or close to the first try, and then is so powerfully persuasive that on the very first try, they, they end up making that phone call or purchasing that, you know, clicking the purchase button. Um, and it works, there, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. <clears throat> Anybody who's ever heard of copywriting, which of course is what the foundation of what you do, uh, has heard of this idea because copywriters want to uh, hone their craft and, and get to the point where they can produce these amazing, powerfully persuasive uh, yeah, messages. Like Ten thousand word sales page yeah. or more. Yep. Yeah. And so and so that's there's a lot of merit to that, but that school of thought has really pervaded the internet marketing space and especially the uh, the build a funnel and, and get your millions space. Uh, however, as time goes on here, a lot, to me, a lot of people are waking up to the fact that something more than that is needed. So they build their funnel, uh, maybe they hire a copywriter, they stick it out there, and oh my goodness, I got 700 clicks and nobody bought. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> funny how like, the longer you do this, like the lower your, the lower your expectations become as to what yeah. A successful barometer for uh, <laughs> exactly and, and, and so I think there's a tendency for people to do what I just said get your first click or first whatever many hundred clicks and then panic and the fact of the matter is um, it may not be time to panic yet because you probably made some assumptions along the way and, and it's it's the whole system is not workable yet and the chief reason is uh, those people don't know you and as time goes on, people are just less and people like on the internet, right, uh, are less and less likely to just click and buy. I've been saying for a while that I think like media, like Facebook really is from an advertising perspective, more of a warm medium. Yeah. Like, like it's primarily really a warm medium. Like if you think about it, I think we were saying this recently that like, if you go on Facebook, you want to see you want to see pe people and things and companies that you know and that you like. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see some random schmuck who's, you know, offering you something that is really just trying to get your cash. Yeah. So here's a funny little twist on this. I, I, I'm, I'm jumping the gun on this part a little bit. So we're, we're going to talk about what, what it means to expand the scope here, I think. But um, I first started, of course, there's at any given time, there's always been some people who are contrary and, 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 you know, uh, zigging while everyone else zags or going against the stream. But, but this direct response school of thought that I just described has been very prevalent for 15 years or so, uh, ever since people started selling on the internet. And as 
it strikes me that as people have uh, woken up to the fact that something more is needed, uh, particularly over the last year or two, we've seen people say what Rob just said there, uh, and and then go on to say, well, uh, you know, when when you push, you don't just stick that out there and try to sell them something. Um, tell them a story or tell them who you are, or, you know, put, put your heart into it or whatever. And uh, just yesterday, I saw somebody basically say, would everybody please quit spilling your personal story all over the Facebook news feed? <laughs> because I am not here to hear about your, you know, your heartache or your broken yeah, relationship yeah, or whatever. You know, what you ate for lunch yesterday or how your insurance claim didn't go through. And the guy, the guy, the guy that said this is a copywriter. And he said, I get the point, you know, try, trying to connect with people as a human. But I don't want to hear from, you know, the marketing guy or the insurance guy or the local roofer about all his personal stuff. That is so not interesting to yep. me. Correct. <laughs> so, so you tell me what, what's the right way to do that? If you, you got, you got. We know the first doesn't work alone. We know the second is already turning people off, so to speak. So where do you find the happy medium in the middle? Um, you know, we, we were talking the other week, weren't we, about like writing different ads and writing different stories to people yeah. who know you more or know you less. Maybe we should clarify that in the context of what you just said, uh, ads does not mean even necessarily advertisements. It's more the fact that you wrote something uh, and of course you can pay then to get it distributed. Right, yeah. Yep. So, so then go on. Well, I, I feel like there's, there's this thing like, especially on Facebook where everyone's just trying to find like the optimal ad and yep. it's, it's got some, it's some like story-based ad. It's about 2000 words long. It's got a specific plot structure even. And that's quite a compelling thing to believe. And there's even people selling this that, like, you know, you can basically just take this template and fill in odd words, and it magically churns out customers. Um, and that's the entire approach that kind of funnels, kind of encourage people to think in. Yeah. Um, that there, 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 there is a single one best ad. There's a single one best offer. And then once you discover it, that's going to unlock the key to marketing. Ah, uh, and it's you, you just end up chasing your tail like like a loss. Um, especially on Facebook where things don't even work work consistently over a long-term period anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, it, you know, I, 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 it's like you genuinely need like a wider base of, of stuff to promote or like a wider base of offers, mm -hmm. um, which immediately takes you more into a maze situation and away from the funnel situation. Exactly, exactly. And more than offers, you need... Uh, what, what we tend to call nurturing content as well, right? Uh, not necessarily what you ate yesterday, but things yeah. that are relevant to the reader and yet are not a sales pitch. You, you want to you wanna riff on that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, it, it often kind of falls in the middle. So I run most of my ads to people who like my page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that three quarters of them do not have, a, have an offer in them. Often I'll be... I will be promoting a Facebook Live that I've already done, so I'll be promoting the, the recording of that. So on the face of it, like it doesn't, it doesn't even show up as an ad. Yeah. Um, and then every now and again, I will be offering something, but it's more of a, it's more of a next step. Like I'm not sending people to a ten thousand word sales page, mm -hmm. doing a five grand product. Like all of that stuff comes. Like I, I'm not trying to use the Facebook ad as the medium to do that. 
like if I wanted to do that, I would probably try to get them onto like a webinar or something like that, or yeah, or, or, or get them on the phone, or or you know encourage them to book a call with me. Yeah, and do it that way, and yeah, not, not try and, and and then by doing that, I'm not subjecting everyone who doesn't want to read that ten thousand words to it by showing up in their Facebook feed with it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so Perry, which of course is where we got some of this idea from, uh, a lot of the idea from, he talks about needing to make a deposit in people's emotional bank account uh, before you begin to withdraw on that, uh, on the balance, so to speak. So the, the idea of somebody going straight from never he hearing of you or only hearing of you once or twice to writing you a $5,000 check uh, is, is usually not going to work out too well. This is exactly the kind of thing that makes people put out a funnel, you know, high, high ticket, high converting funnel. One so many high ticket funnels at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's so and, annoying. It's, 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 and, like, it's this idea that you can, yes, that there is a secret high ticket funnel formula that you can use to convert <laughs> people who don't know you into instant raving fans who will spend thousands of dollars of you. Like, yeah. it's, it's just magical thinking, but people want to believe it. Yeah. And it, it fits, the, it fits the, the, the cognitive framework of the funnel as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have this content, okay? So the idea is you, you want to give people something that is going to help them understand who you are, what you do, and hopefully especially what you can do for them, not what you can do for yourself, uh, and, and turn the lights on, so to speak. And there's, there's a, a million different things you can do there. You can illuminate uh, their problem and potential solutions to it that maybe they never thought of before um, or, you know, or the unique way you solve a problem. There's, there's lots of, of areas you can go there. But you want people to begin to get an understanding. Obviously, just, just know about you is the very first step. Uh, and then get an understanding of who you are uh, and, and over time, what you can do for them. And then when, really when the time is right for them, um, you, you'll be there for them to jump on board and say, hey, I, I've been listening to you talk about, uh, you know, copy and storytelling for five years now, Rob, and I've finally built my business to the point where I need to work with you or something um, like all that. All of those people, um, they've nearly always read at least one of my books. Yeah. So actually, the point of my ads mostly is to get people to read my book. Because if I can get people to read the book, then I don't need to send them down some ridiculous high-ticket process that's really stressful for everyone. Um, yeah. Puts all sorts of pressure on people, including me. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. So one of the things that goes along with that, um, so, so you could kind of maybe dub that whole little thing there that we just described as like a soft approach. Um, but it's not only a matter of, uh, you know, being recognized and, and soft selling, but you also, part of, part of the effect we want to achieve um, in, in a system like this is you want to stay on the top of people's mind. So there's, there's this thing called uh, a forgetting curve. And I, I was going to look it up for the show and I, I forgot the details, but I forgot to look it up and get the details. But in short, if you just imagine any typical, you know, line graph curve that you've ever seen for stats where it starts with a peak and falls off pretty rapidly. So it, it's, it's proven that people, when they see a thing, hear a story, see a, an ad or anything like that, 
um, there's this drop-off curve where people forget things pretty quickly. So for the first several hours, uh, they could could recall it quite well. The next day, a few days later, uh, it falls off pretty rapidly, and people will be like, yeah, I, I did hear about some guy named Rob. I just can't think what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. so, so the point of using remarketing, retargeting like we do to try to keep the, the story, the brand in front of people, uh, in part is trying to solve that problem. So uh, especially if, given that we just described it takes time, to build up people's uh, trust and interest in, in you and what you've got, um, then then we, the advertisers, have to be willing to run the marathon, so to speak, uh, stay in the race, and keep putting something out for people to uh, chew on. And, and part of that, too, not only are you helping them remember, but um, you're kind of like uh, holding your peg in the wall, so to speak, so that somebody else does not, your competitors don't come through and take it by, uh, you know, if you run one ad, tell one story, and then stop, and then three months later, somebody sticks a, a funnel in front of these people. <laughs> maybe, maybe if that's finally the right time, they're going to go with the funnel guy instead of with you, right? It's because, yeah, because yeah, in that situation, you've kind of, you've effectively already taken them off the market. Yeah. A lot earlier on, and by that, by that point at which they are ready to buy, they actually already want to buy from you. Um, so really, to come back to, like, what we were talking about in the beginning, this is really, like, permission-based micro branding rather than mm -hmm. you know direct response pitching uh and it operates over a longer time frame um because you know I, I guess another thing to point out is, is 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 that like we're not trying to slow down the sales process and yeah, some, people, some people will buy very quickly but yeah. a much bigger audience of people won't buy straight away so it's like well how do you sell to those people who aren't ready to buy straight away what I find actually is that if you can stay in contact with those people, um, then they, by the time they're ready to buy, they're much more, they're much nicer customers to work with. Um, yeah. They they don't um, you know haggle so much with you on price. Um, they're more respectful of of, of your time. Yeah. They view you as an expert. You know all of these things make for a nice client's engagement, I guess. Yeah. Um, much more so than like you know if someone has just found you on Google yesterday and asked for a quote and you know that might be okay if you're like a locksmith or something but um, that isn't how i operate and 10 referrals a quote and 10 referrals that i can call and check up on you yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> Re sorry references is what references, I mean, but... yeah exactly I, I i point blank just like don't give out references it's like, I, yeah. I don't want my existing clients being disturbed by someone that's, who, that's what by, I someone, say to you. by someone who doesn't trust me yet because they haven't bothered to read my books so oh. yeah I, I very rarely have to pull it out, but if somebody pushes for that, I, I actually say, so if you're a client of mine, do you want random strangers calling you up <laughs> to yeah. check on me? <laughs> so, yeah. So there's, so there's this time-based component that we were just describing. There's also a, um, I'm not, I'm actually not sure what the right word is here, Rob, but kind of a, uh, omnipresence issue in terms of maybe we should call it internet geography or something so it's kind of like uh, the Facebook newsfeed is we, we mention it a lot because Facebook is a, a number one uh, advertising platform it's we use it a lot problem. marketers use it. it works well but <clears throat> it's been noticed pardon me that if you can take your ads and make them show up not just on Facebook but on a bunch of other places 
people will get the feeling that you are that you your brand your company are really big um i've i've heard of somebody saying not to me to somebody else i saw you on the wall street journal how did you do that well back to the matter is we didn't really place an ad on the wall street journal or cnn or or whatever else uh we're using various marketing platforms one of them the most common is uh, google's display network and when you when you do that so you got people will see not only do they keep seeing you over time which is probably the fundamental most important part but they see you on facebook they see you when they go check the news or the stocks or the weather um and then if you add a couple other things to that you don't you don't need a hundred things but if you also add uh, maybe linkedin maybe twitter maybe youtube maybe google search uh, people begin to stumble across you everywhere. And there, there seems to be, I think this is in part, I'm going to describe an effect, and I think the effect works well right now, in part because hardly anybody does it. But there seems to be this little threshold you cross where people see you in two or three or four places. And just the fact that they have seen you in more than one place, uh, suddenly, like, really illuminates you like whoa wait a minute it's kind of like um it's almost like people get a certain form of blindness when they see you over and over and over only in the facebook news feed yeah. uh, uh it's just, you know okay whatever i run into this guy when i'm on facebook and 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 he's over there telling stories on facebook like everybody else is but then they see you on video on youtube see you on twitter see you uh, on the weather and they're like oh something different is happening here uh, you got anything you want to add to that? All of, all of that assumes that you have a have a good message that is of interest to them. If you have an yes. if you have a message that is not of interest to them, and you're showing up in like seven different places, then that's not gonna, that's not going to do anything. It's not going to help. That's true. It's probably going to it's probably it's probably the opposite of micro branding. It's probably like micro damage. Or... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and there's there is ways around that. So one thing you can do is um, you can. And we, we discussed in, a, in another session, another episode, um, that the foundational technical aspect that makes this work is this thing we call retargeting. Um, and what you can do is you don't want to necessarily show your retargeting ads to everybody. So just because they saw one post or click, clicked one time, came to your website one time, uh, they may not really be interested and then you're damaging yourself, just like we said. But a, a, a good indicator is that either somebody has in, voluntarily engaged uh, multiple times or if it's a website-based thing, uh, for a significant length of time. So somebody who comes, looks at your site, and leaves in less than 30 seconds, that's what we call a bounce. Uh, they came, they saw, and they did not like it. Not interested. They left. Yeah, Don't show it, your ads to those people. Like if, if someone clicks on your on your ad or your post multiple times, then they either like what you're doing or they really hate you. Uh, <laughs> or, or they're just drunk at like 3 a.m. just like clicking on things. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's most likely to be the first one, I think, that they like yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but you, can, you can set things up to where you're only showing your additional ads to people who have expressed this additional interest. Um, that's funny, by the way, but but in all honesty, somebody who continues to engage over time, uh, unless they just like hate you so bad that they can't leave you alone, um, it's, it's a pretty we good indicator. 
Say that again. Well, <laughs> I suspect we all have those. Uh, yeah, we probably do. Yeah. But in general, it's a, a pretty good indicator that they're actually uh, genuinely interested. There, there'll be one or two bad apples in any case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So I, I think in just sort of summarizing it, like, but like we're not saying funnels don't exist. Like funnels do exist as a, yep. you know, as, as a rule of the universe. Like funnels are a thing. But as an all-encompassing way of thinking about your entire marketing, like it's grossly limiting. It's a it's a mass oversimplif oversimplification of the way that customers move in and out of your world and engage with your message, and actually an over an oversimplification of how people buy. Yeah. Um, and I think with like I, I I prefer the sort of mental model of like. You know, you have to, you have your universe of stuff, and people enter it at some point, and they move around in. They may they maybe move out, and then they move back in again. And we've got this thing as well, where like you know, even just recording this now, I've got my laptop here, which I'm looking at now. I've got my desktop just above. I've got my tablet down here. I've got my mobile phone down here. So we've got this, you know, like real kind of fragmentation of attention. Um, yeah. which means that actually people aren't, aren't just going to buy in a linear, straightforward way. They're, good, they're, they're, they're going to do weird stuff, which means that when yeah. you look at your Google Analytics account and try to figure out you know, how your funnels are working, and it's just baffling because people just do weird things. They sure do. So, well, that's, that's why. So you, you might as well just accept that. And it's probably because um, you know, if, if you're trying to construct funnels of how people are, sp are supposed to buy and how people are supposed to move through your website and move, move, move along in your customer journey, um, like, I, 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 I just don't think generally it works that way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And so, so to wrap this up, and I know I already quoted Coca-Cola as, as an example, but if you think about it, um, have you ever seen the Coca-Cola funnel? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, you heard what I said about a Coca-Cola funnel. Like, like where is Coke's funnel or Walmart's? Oh, right. Apple, okay, yeah. right? Apple may not be a perfect example because they do advertise some. But uh, the point point is, is you haven't. You've never seen a funnel put out right. by Coke or, or Kleenex or uh, um, you know Dove soap or Ivory or something, right? And yet, some of those companies have been. Uh, cranking along and and even doing advertising for uh, in the case of Dove, I, if I remember correctly as I looked into this I like history uh, I believe Dove soap was the first advertiser uh, in in the in the fashion that we call advertising today you know newspaper ads or whatever they did back then started in the late 1800s and they are still advertising today uh, and they're huge they're a huge brand um, but they don't have a funnel but people I'm, buy their I'm, stuff I'm anyway not showing up in one media with one ad. Yeah, sales page or yeah, and, and of course that that's that's extreme. You know, that's to the other side, the other extreme. Um, but it's just to illustrate the point that you can do and should do a lot of good work um, getting getting out there uh, without a funnel, <laughs> without a click funnel. So. You, you can almost appear like Dove only without spending the same amount of money that Dove might spend because you, exactly. You, yep. you can use retargeting to only target people who've been on your website four times. Mm -hmm. hoping that they're good people that like you yeah. <laughs> uh, not the evil ones um, but yeah. which, which is probably going to be true and you and you won't spend that much money that way and yeah. it, it's more effective you got it if you've enjoyed this episode of the maze marketing podcast 
You can also sign up for a free set of maze building resources called Maze Mastery Essentials. In Maze Mastery Essentials, you get access to our Google Ads audit guide, our email and Facebook ad templates, and a video series walking you through remarketing setup on Google and Facebook. To get free access, just head to mazemastery.com.